Our Father, who art in heaven, we draw near to thee in glad and grateful recognition of our dependence upon thee. We thank thee for the blessings of the night, for refreshing sleep, for freedom from sickness, accident, or sudden alarm, and for the restoration of our powers with the coming of the new day. We will begin this day with thee, oh, for we will refrain from receiving thy blessing. We err when we venture upon its untrodden paths. Continue with us, Lord, throughout its hours, lest amid busy cares and thronging duties we'll meet the onslaught of sudden temptation and missing thee we fall. Help us to do our duty. Keep us from the shame of the slur task. May, may we have no occasion to blush over our appointed work, neglect or ill done. Grant us the spirit of camaraderie. Give us to speak the word of cheer. May our lives radiate joy. Let the evening find hope and happiness where we should have passed by. Then, dear Father, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, when life's evening shall have come, gather thy children home and let us find a refuge fearless and unashamed in thy arms of love. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We want to give recognition and prayer for the military during this Memorial Day celebration. Amen. Amen. I think we, t we take that for granted and, and we don't have a clue about what they go through, their suffering and all of that. And we should be praying for them as they go forth to service our country and protect us. So we want to give praise and, and thanksgiving uh, to the Lord for the men and women who have given their lives by serving and, and, and by death and the saving of our country. And God, we repent for taking that so lightly, not even giving it a second thought. We have veterans who are deformed now for the rest of their, their days, who are missing limbs for the rest of their days, who's been disfigured by what has happened to them in the service because they went in to protect our country. So God, we thank you for these precious lives and we thank you that you will restore in their hearts whatever they need in order to deal with the lack they have learned to live with in the natural father we thank you for people who who are on a mission to do all they can do to help these veterans who have not forgotten them we, we thank you and we ask you to continue to bless them and, and that they will have more seed in order to sow into the lives of these veterans, Father. And, and, and God, we also remember there are women who are serving in the service who needs prayer so that they will continue to, to walk in their femininity as well as when they're serving with strength and might and wisdom for this country, Father. And we lift up the families of the deceased armed services people, Father, who had to live with the lack because of the dedication of their loved one who came out 
in spite of all the danger or whatever to serve our country. God, we pray that you will give them peace because Jesus will come into their lives and they will know who Jesus is. You are the only peace. We will always have wars, but God, you will bring peace to the souls who are in it, watching it, and standing by. And we thank you for you and your Holy Spirit that keep us going when life seems to offer no hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, as well as our freedom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. We are in um, part two of prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen. Amen. Prayers of the righteous availeth much. And so we're going to use uh, James 5. Um, 16 is the verse that supports the title. And we'll be working with some of that scripture from 15 through 20. We're going to be working through a, a lot of different scriptures. So just just bear with me because this is m more, more of just teaching. This is not a, a preaching session. This is more of, um, of a teaching. And so what we need to understand, first of all, when it says prayers of the righteous availeth much. I don't know if you've given that any thought. Think about that. Prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen. That means that your prayers have to be powerful. It's going to show some things, expose it. It's going to be able to help you to be encouraged because you're going to see as you're praying, God is going to reveal some things to you to make your prayers go deeper, harder, and be more consistent. Amen? Amen. And so when you, when you look at, at the word avail, it, 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 it means that it's, it's exposing stuff. And it's making it uh, where God can answer stuff and everything that you need is availed to you. So it's to be of use or advantage. An advantage towards attainment of a goal or purpose. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to labor on this because this is something that we really need to know and understand. Okay, in order not to faint when you're standing and believing God for something, or, or, to, or, or just give up and operate in so much doubt because Satan is speaking in that left ear, lying to you. So I'm going to read the definition of avail again. To be of use or an advantage. An advantage towards attainment of a goal or purpose. God did not put prayer out there to be an extracurricular activity to make you look spiritual and act religious. Amen. Prayer is a definite work of the spirit that will change things, rearrange change things, fix things, give you hope, give you joy, and give you peace. Amen. 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 Yes. See, Amen. help me, Holy Ghost, because... 
these people don't seem to be excited about this truth. Okay, uh, John 5, and uh, we're going to read uh, verses oh, 15 through 20. But the one verse in it is what we're, what we're going to magnify more and boast about. Glory to God. Uh, it says, I'm going to do 6, 14 first. No, I need to do 13. <laughs> is any among you afflicted? Is any among you are suffering? That's what that affliction means. Is there anyone among you that is suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. You see, you think that's not a big deal. Well, obviously God knows a whole lot more than we know. That if we pray, you're going to see a change. Is any married or cheerful? Let him sing songs. Songs are the prayers of David. In the book, those were prayers that David learned how to pray. And David was in a whole lot of different kinds of troubles, afflictions, and whatever, and he prayed the perfect prayer. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him because they are going to pray the prayer of faith. They will have faith to stand. This is what happened. When anyone is sick, being challenged, afflicted, or whatever, this is when the church is supposed to rally together with that person to mix faith so that God can hear and answer the prayer. It works a whole lot faster than you being a long ranger and being private and don't want nobody to know what's going on. Because you just want to show up when things are looking good, when you're doing well, and you don't want nobody to know you've been in a struggle. Well, you could have come out of the struggle a lot sooner if you come and mix faith with your sisters and brothers in Christ. Amen. Amen. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith shall save the afflicted. That means... Oh, I, I don't even know if I'm the one to be up here today right now because when you pray in faith and you join your faith together with somebody else, things can change. But now if you don't believe it, you can't receive it because you ain't feeling it, then it may not work for you. It's not about how you feel. It's about what you know. And what you know need to come out of your mouth more often than what you feel. Not only will the prayer of faith save the sick, it says, and the Lord shall raise him up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Shall raise him up. You need to ask God. Show you your heart the way he see it so he can fix it, rearrange it, and change it in order for you to receive this table that he has prepared before you in the presence of your enemies. Now this, this, this is the part where you don't get. Confess your faults one to another. Why do you need to do that? To uncover what Satan is messing with. Because see all those things is, is covered up because of pride, and Satan is like, yeah, okay, and I'm going to tear this person up. But when you confess it, he's like, oh, God, it's exposed. Oh, now they got help. 
I got to go. Because that's what the Lord has said. Uh-uh. She called on me. He called on me. You got to go now. It's over now. See, he's, he's beating you up, battling you on your behind until you learn how to crack the right thing. And then God said, no, it's over now. You got to go. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Why? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm not going any further than right there. Okay? Because I want to give you a few of what the Lord has given me. And it turned out to be ten points. <laughs> ten represents completion. But this is just a few. Because I know there's far more than I could think of right at that time. And they're not in a particular order, but you still need to write them down. Necessary components for answered prayers. Okay? I'm going to read them, and then we're going to go back and read the scriptures that support each one. Beginning with faith. Righteousness. Boldness. Knowledge. Confidence. God's word, repentance, discernment, fervent, and the last one is humility. These are necessary components for answered prayers. And like I said, they're not in any particular order. As they were coming to me, I wrote them down and I didn't try to put them in any kind of, kind of order. Amen. Now, faith. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to show you how faith operates. Let's go over to Genesis 22. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today, Father. Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to begin at verse 1. And it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. The, the real word for that is test, because God don't tempt us Amen. with evil. Amen. So he was testing Abraham. How many of you been in a test? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Now, this test is a test of faith. This is what this is about. He's always testing us about our faith Amen. because we overcome by our faith. Amen. 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 And he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac. Remember, Isaac was the promise. Amen. He was the promised son that God promised to him. So he's going to say, take the gift that I've given you, my promise, and take it because you're going to offer it up as a sacrifice. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. He says, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. He's, what he's saying, the one who was the promise that you really love, not the other one, Ishmael, because there was another son. Okay? He says, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, 
which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass. It means donkey. <laughs> okay. And, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved or split the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of, of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And this is kind of like a, a symbolic or a protocol of the, uh, Jesus' death on the cross, and, okay? It says, and Abram said unto his young men, listen to what Abram says, abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you or come back again. <laughs> ah, see, this is faith. Amen. He was told to take him up as a burnt offering and leave him there. But Abraham knew that God was not going to take away that promise, Amen. that gift that he had given to him in advance. But I'm going to obey to the fullest point. But I know my God have a ram in the bush. <laughs> okay, that's faith. And Abram took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and then went both of them together. Both of them, he's, he's going to charge to destroy Isaac. Amen? <laughs> and Isaac spake unto Abram his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? <laughs> For the burnt offering, and, which was a, meant at a goat, really. Okay. For the burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son. Here's another point of faith. My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. You see that point of faith? He's still operating in faith and God has not told him not to do it yet. That's how we're supposed to stand in situations that the challenge seems to be overcoming, overpowering. But you see, the reason why, help me, the, the reason why we can't, because we have put our emotions, our flesh, ourself before it. And it's like, it, it's not fair. What about me, Lord? Oh, not, you know, you, let me tell you, who created you? The same person that's keeping you right now in this mess is the one who created you. Don't he know everything that's going to happen before it even happens? And he has a plan to take you out of it? All he wants to do is to see where your faith is standing at. Because your faith is proving you. It is increasing you. It is stabilizing you. It's found, giving you a foundation. That's the whole intent that he's doing it. He's trying to make you better than what you have become. Amen. So, verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. 
And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God. Amen. See, when you fear God, you go against your feelings. Amen. When you fear God, you go against your flesh. You don't make excuses for that. You stand and you believe God. You trust God. You go against anything that wants to come against yes. the plan of God. Yes. Yes. Amen. He says, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. The only promised gift that God gave him. He was willing to sacrifice it because he has sense enough to know. If God tells me to do this, he's got something better in store. And he can do the greater. What we can't see, he sees far deeper. He will take our mess and turn it into victory if we give it to him. And wait, wait, wait on the Lord. Stop thinking about it. It's never going to work out. He can never restore this. He can never put this back together. He created it. He can do whatever he wants to do. But guess what motivates him and push him to go beyond our faith? If we put our faith to the thing and wait on God, you will see what God can do. You won't have to be wondering, speculating, or doubting. He will go further than you will go. He says, you make one step. I'll make 10. But the problem why you can't see what God is going to do, because you won't even make a half a step. Because you are too caught up about you and not about who you are in Christ. See, who we are in Christ is supposed to determine and tell how we're supposed to live our life. Not how we feel, not how we look, but who we are. And to act according to who you have been called now, your name is changed, you have to be in the Bible and follow his way. And when he speaks to you, you will recognize it is him talking to you and not you yourself or the enemy because you are familiar with his ways by being in his word. So he said, lay not thy hand hand upon the land, neither do thou any harm, anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horn. God had already prepared the substitute. <laughs> and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Guess what? And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. Ha! My provider, the God who provides. The, the Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. Or see the provisions of the Lord. That's how all of these names came into place for Jesus because faith people who walked in faith went to the 
extra mile went to the very end and because they saw what God can do they built an altar in his honor and call it a name which tells you what God can do for us Amen. that's how all of his names came about his names didn't come about because God said Jesus I'm going to call you such and such those names came about because of stories like this Amen. Uh, amen. amen. And that's where we got Jehovah Jireh. Amen. So when we praying and saying Jehovah Jireh, we're doing it by faith. Amen. Where Abraham proved it. Yes. Amen. Yes. Okay, let's go over to Luke 1. Y'all bear with me because we're going to get through every one of these scriptures. Amen. To prove every, every, all ten of these. Luke 1. To, to prove all of these necessary components. If we have to be here at midnight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Luke 1, 26 to 38. Okay, this is another story of faith. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, this sixth month meant that Elizabeth was pregnant. And in her sixth month, the angels came to visit Mary. Because if, if you get past six months then you pass the, ch the, uh, the opportunity or the chance of losing, naturally losing the baby. Amen? Amen. So that's why that time was really, really important because um, Elizabeth now is going to have to motivate and help Mary during this time because Elizabeth got pregnant when she was past childbearing age. Mary gets pregnant being a virgin, okay? 27, to a virgin espouse was, was given over to Mary uh, uh, Joseph, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into, in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Now, for anybody that has any Catholic affiliations, you know, that Hail Mary full of grace, that's where they got, 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 got that prayer. Although the problem is you don't pray to Mary. Amen. This is what the angel declared over Mary. And she's not God, nor is she a saint, an angel. Okay. So it says, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast her, cast in her mind, what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. God is gracing you with the opportunity to do something that no one else will ever be able to do. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now it's all capitalized because Jesus at that time was a common name in the Hebrew but this Jesus is not common at all. And his name does not mean the same thing those other names meant, okay? And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. So his name is going to be holy. And, and it's going to be high above everything else. It is the highest, the most high, okay? And she reigned over the, and he shall reign, I'm sorry, over the house of Jacob forever. 
and of his kingdom there should be no end now verse 33 i'm going to have to go back over that because that is a very important verse that you need to hear with the ears of your heart and he shall reign over the house of jacob that is covenant people forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end as much as they want to close up the church he, they cannot mess with God's kingdom. Now, some folks give in to it, but God's kingdom is going to reign because the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. <laughs> and no matter what happens to you, in you, for you, during you, <laughs> glory, God said he will be with us forever as believers, as believers. Amen. And the angel answered, and, and the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. When we're getting ready to do service, ministry service for the Lord, the Holy Ghost comes upon you to equip you to do it when you yield your members to him. You don't have to worry about, oh, I can't do that. I don't know if I'm qualified. Oh, not, not. No, all you need to do, surrender your will, surrender your way to him. He comes upon us to do service. He comes in us to change us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It says, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. See, that's why I say you ain't doing nothing. He's doing it through us. Yes. Amen. Okay. He says, and uh, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. Oh, by the way, <laughs> that holy thing that you're going to carry is going to be called the son of God. I like, I would have passed out. <laughs> and behold, that cousin Elizabeth she have also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. You know what? Just reading this story, both of them, you need to rethink your mess. Hallelujah, yes, yes. You need to rethink what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with. You really need to rethink that you, nothing you're dealing with going along with you can supersede what we just read. Amen. And, and, and you think it can't be fixed, rearranged, changed, blessed, lifted up, purged, whatever. You really think that? After hearing God's resume? And this is just one of two little stories. Amen. He Amen. says, um, where did I leave off at? 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, you, now this is faith. Yes. It hadn't happened yet. She just heard the word. Ah, oh, help us, Holy Ghost. She just heard the word and got on board. She hadn't seen anything yet. She heard the word. Do you hear what I'm saying? She heard the word. Read the word. Hear the word in your heart. And follow, listen, and wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. It's like 
I am nothing. I am your maid servant. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her because he knew she had enough faith. Amen. He says, be it unto me according to your word. Not show me, Lord. Prove it to me. I receive your word. That's faith. Okay, righteousness. Let's go over to Jeremiah. Help me, help me, help me, holy. Jeremiah 33. We're going to read scriptures to support righteousness. 33, and it's, this one is just one verse. 33, 16. It says, and in those days shall Judah, the story of these scripture verses that, that uh, follows along with this one verse is talking about the branch of righteousness, okay? In those days shall Judah, the branch of righteousness, be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely because they're in covenant relationship with the, with the Lord. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called, the Lord our righteous, Amen. our righteousness. Amen. Amen. So I don't care what's, what's going on, what you're hearing in the news concerning Israel, Jerusalem. They are God's chosen covenant people. And the end is going to be better than the beginning. Amen. Go over to Proverbs uh, 15. Proverbs 15 and I think it's verse 7 to 9. It says, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. The lips of the wise, God, with your lips, you can do far more than what your heart can do when you're a fool. <laughs> the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord. But he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. You know, I don't hear it as much as I used to. But I used to always hear, well, the Lord knows my heart. As you're doing whatever you want to do that's out of order. And don't fall in line with what, he's, what, what his word says. I used to, that used to bug me. But the Lord knows my heart. And so what do that mean? So you think he's just going to override your heart and bless you anyway? And you ain't even trying to be like him? You ain't even trying to find the truth? You just want to make some excuses for your way? Well, the Lord knows you're right. And that's why your butt is still in trouble. Yeah. Oh, glory. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about the third, third point. Boldness. Let's go over to Mark 5. It's Three good stories in here. <laughs> Mark 5, um, 25 to 35. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and has suffered many things of many physicians and has spent all she had and, and, <laughs> and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press, went, came, she went into the crowd, behind and touched his garment so she pressed through the crowd to get to him to touch his garment for she said if I may touch but his clothes I shall be whole yeah. now yeah. you know why that was so bold 
because this woman who had an issue of blood in yes. those customs was not even allowed out in public. Yes. Amen. But she, she took a step to get to her Savior. Okay? And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. Because her faith made her whole. <laughs> Glory. Just the pressing to get where she needed to be made her whole. And she felt her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Let me tell you, just to touch the cloth didn't touch him physically. But her faith was so powerful, it touched him. Okay? Turned him about in the, in, the, in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He's like, With all these people? How do we know? <laughs> and he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, because he knew it was somebody who had strong faith. Amen. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. In other words, she confessed her sins. <laughs> and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. That plague su superseded the bleeding. It was the sin, the secret sins. Oh, God, hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, um, let me see. I think I was going to do another one out of there. Um, let's go over to um, Luke 7. Luke 7 and 36 to 38. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, that means meat, eat, food, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet. But see, when you, when you get desperate, Come on. Amen. Amen. actually, let me say this. The same desperation some of you women use to get to a man, why don't you use that to get to the man? Who's going to help you? Who's going to bless you? Who's going to fix you? It may even take the desire away from dysfunctional, perverted people. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. She washed his feet with her tears and then took her hair and dried them off. <laughs> and then anointed him with this ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bitten him saw it, he spake with himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. See that Pharisee? Yeah. Amen. Uh, she ain't clean enough, good enough to come before the Lord to like this. It, it, we got a whole bunch of them right now in this, in this yeah. century. Yeah. That's when you need to come before him. When you are filthy, dirty, don't have no way out, get in his face yes. so he can help you. Yes. You don't come to the physician clean, Amen. clear, don't need him. Amen. 
You go because you need help. So you bring all your filth. All your trash. The only one that know what to do with it. And can heal you without a prescription. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. (laughs) He said, Master, say on. (laughs) He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? The one who gave, who had the most to be forgiven. Yeah. I'm going to cut this short right there. Yeah. He gave the one who needed the most, the most. Yeah. The one who needed forgiveness. Amen? Amen? That's a boldness that you can get up in his face. Instead of trying to, you know, I don't know how we think we're impressing God. You, we trying to be all holy and all, oh, I, I couldn't dare go before God like this. Well, who you going to go before like that? Amen. That's who you need to be before. Yes. Amen? Amen? Okay, the next word is knowledge. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, and we're going to read verses 12 through 16. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Remember the word we're talking about is knowledge. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go back. Let's start at nine. Okay. I think this is good. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Not, not Not your head. Okay. For what man knoweth the things of man, save except by the spirit, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So if you want to know what God's plans are and what he wants for you, you need to let the Spirit reveal it to you by seeking God, not man. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. (coughs) This is working. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit right now that is present. That's uprooting the lying spirit, the deceitful spirit in the name of Jesus. And let your truth go forth in the name of Jesus. Break through those stony hard hearts. Tear them apart and give them a heart of flesh again, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read that verse again. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You cannot judge demonic stuff with a natural mind. 
you're not even in, in tune about what's going on. Therefore, it will override and take you out yeah. or cause you to operate in some sin that you did not anticipate on doing. The only way that you can judge what is evil is because you're walking in righteousness and you're using the Holy Spirit as your judge. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. You hear that? Yet he himself is judge of no man. So be it. Okay. Yeah, I want to read this. Y'all just bear with me, because we need this. And I'm going to get through all of this. Amen. So y'all pray and ask God to give you the spirit to stay here, heart to receive, ears to hear yes. what the spirit of the Lord Amen. is saying. Because we need a change. Yes. We need to come up. We all, and nobody exempt to this. We all need to come up yes. in the name of Jesus so that we can overcome the things that's trying to overtake us. Yes. Amen. Glory. You have you've been given the power and authority. You don't have to always be running to somebody else. Okay, I'm ahead of myself. Okay. When you're trusting God for a miracle, nothing would, would drag you down faster than unbelief. Plus, it's impossible to know what God is doing based on how things look on the surface. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, out of Hebrews 11.1. 1. So in order to stay strong, it's important to fill your mind with the right things, yes. the best, not the worst. Yes. Things to praise, Philippians 4.8. Yes. One pastor writes, there were times Jesus didn't, didn't allow unbelief around him, like when he raised Jair, Jairus' daughter from the dead. When he heard the little girl had died, Jesus told her father, do not be afraid, only believe. You can believe or you can be afraid. You, ca you can't do both. Amen. And people who truly believe bypass human reasoning. People who truly believe bypass human reasoning. When Jesus dealt with the spirit of death that day, there was no, one, there was no room for contaminated faith. So when he went to Jairus' house, he, he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John. Those were people who believed. Okay? He took those who believed in miracles, and when they came to the house and saw people loudly weeping, he said, why make a commotion? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. They came out of that deep grief of just crying, oh, Lord, and then started laughing at Jesus. Isn't that, see, that's demonic right there, okay? But putting them out, putting them all out, he took the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said, little girl, get up. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk. Humanly speaking, your situation may look impossible. But when you throw out the naysayers and the doubters and believe what God says, you'll get the results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what I surround myself with. Hallelujah. When you're really 
expecting God to do the impossibility? You need to surround yourself by faith people, not doubters, not naysayers. Hallelujah. Because he works in a faith atmosphere, not in a doubt and fearful atmosphere, not in all that stuff you say because you see it with facts. No. Close your eyes. Let your heart look. So it can find what it needs to find. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, confidence which is the same as assurance, is Hebrews 11.1. 1. And, 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 okay, I'll read it real quickly for you. Now, faith is the substance of things. It's the assurance of the things that I'm hoping for. And it's the proof, the evidence of the things that are not seen. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, oh, glory. That's the confidence that I have. I don't have to see it. I just know my Savior. And I know when I pray to him and I come right to him, he hears my prayers and I can have what I say. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And let me tell you, you can really do this when you have God's word. Go to 1 John. First, 1 John 5. 15. No, let's do 14. <laughs> and this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Hallelujah. What is a petition? It's an entreaty for favor. And when you come with his will, yeah. this word, yeah. when you come with this yeah. and you entreaty the highest court in the universe, yeah. you can have what you say because he hears us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We need to repent. Everybody knows Psalms 51. Go over there real quick. Because we need to do more of that. So when we get in his face, we'll know that he heard us. You see, you're in doubt that he hear you because you know you ain't living right. But as a believer, all you got to do is confess your sin. And he is quick, faithful, and just to forgive you of your sin. You don't have to, you don't have to go or nowhere and stay a whole long time. You don't have to fast to be forgiven. Just be honest yeah. and humble yeah. and speak it out. Yeah. And God will cleanse you right away. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So do like David. Have mercy upon me, O God. Yeah. Psalms 51. According to thy loving kindness, yeah. <coughs> according unto the multitude, the multitude of thy tender mercies, yeah. blot out my transgressions. Yeah. Blot out the stuff yeah. that I have uh, blatantly, rebelliously done. Yeah. Now, listen to this. Wash me thoroughly yeah. from my iniquities, yeah. from the sins I inherited. Yeah. <laughs> Cleanse me from my sin, yeah. for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. 
against thee and thee only. Because you see, don't think what you've done to somebody else was just to them. No, you have sinned against God. Have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest? Behold, I was born in sin. I was born a fool. I was born selfish. I was born evil. I was born wicked. But Lord Jesus, now I desire to know the truth. And I want it in my inward parts. I don't want no more lies hidden inside of me. I want the truth inside of me. Therefore, I can come boldly before your throne. Plead my cause unto you. And you hear me. You cleanse me. You free me. You change me. You purge me. You lift me up and bless me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Go to Psalms 119. We're going to talk about the next thing is discernment. Psalms 119. We need to start discerning more stuff than what our eyes see. Psalms 119 and we're going to verse 18. Open thou my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of, the, out of thy law. Not the laws of the government, but out of the law of the Bible. Open up my eyes because when we understand his word, remember God is wisdom and everything that's written in his book is wisdom. And we ask him to open up our eyes to his law. He's giving you wisdom. So you let me tell you, you will be able to discern those things that cannot be seen with the natural eye. That cannot you cannot hear with the natural ear It's in your spirit that he will reveal it to you and then give you the way out and how to handle situations. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Okay, we need to be praying with fervor. So, fervency, which is another word for passion. Go over to Matthew 8. For some of y'all, this may be boring, but... But I think we need to have some knowledge so we can walk in wisdom rather than your ears being tickled. Matthew 8... 5 through um, 13. It says, oh, I love this story. It's about the centurion. Okay. It says, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, which was, uh, which was uh, uh, the leader of a Roman soldier, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So not only was he sick, but them demons in him really made him sick. Amen. That's what was going on. Okay. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is a man of passion. I want it however I can get it, but I know things ain't right, okay? For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he's like, if I, being a human, have that much authority, how much more do you have? being my heavenly father hallelujah jesus when jesus heard it he marveled and said to them that follow verily i say unto you i have not found so great faith no not in israel 
where they were the covenant have have the opportunity to know. And I say unto unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, the sons, that's what he's talking about. Believers, when he calls you a son, it's because you are a believer. Okay, not his creation only. When the children or the sons of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, there should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Amen. Oh, y'all got quiet after that. The last one is humility. Humility, people think when you're humble that you're weak. The, the one who run their mouth all the time and ready to, that's a weak person. Humility makes you stop, think, yes. strategize. Yes. Person who knows how to strategize, you're in danger. Ah, because humility gives you strength to be free yes. from pride. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so, um, okay, let's, let's go over to, I don't know why I put this down here, but Second Chronicles 7. Oh, yeah, I do now. I know now. Second Chronicles uh, 7, 14, and 15. If my people yeah, <laughs> shall humble themselves, yeah. humble themselves, yeah. humble themselves, that's the first thing you got to do, yeah. Yeah. and pray and seek my face yeah. and turn from their wicked ways, yeah. then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal, heal. their land. Yeah. See, the problem is, I give, I've been saying this from the whole time, is the church not the world we are so busy using our intellect to understand the times that we're missing God okay because let's go from 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 uh, 13 no let's go to 12 and the Lord appeared to Solomon Solomon by night and said unto him I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice this is uh, what the Lord gave me when I first started prayer in my house and I've chosen this place as a house of sacrifice so if I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people it's because he's trying to awaken us to humble ourselves call on his name pray and seek his face so he can hear from heaven and bless the land. Amen. See, in Romans, it talks about all in nature, the animals, everybody is waiting for the church to get right. Because nobody and nothing it can be blessed until the church come out of this deep sleep. The deep sleep where it's made you selfish, foolish, lazy, fearful. And he wants us to be awakened, come up out of yourself. You're not here for you, and it is not even about you. And when we put our hearts and minds where it needs to be, he will fix your little problems that ain't about nothing compared to what he wants fixed in our universe, that he uses his people who are called by his name to make the difference and make the change. Amen? That was about humility, okay? Uh, let me see. Uh, Matthew 18, 4. Matthew 18, 4. 
Oh, yeah, I like this. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this child, as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is an important verse. I'm going to read it slower. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, get your mind off of you, especially intercessors. And stop always trying to plead your cause, especially when you're in error. And become like a little child where you have ears to hear and a heart to receive. Learn, listen, so you can stand and stand against the wiles of the devil. Because when you come off with all of that phony religious stuff, God is not listening to that. And what you thought you have stood and prayed for for two and three hours didn't get anywhere. He didn't hear from heaven on that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Especially the intercessors. When you begin to do what this word has been saying to do, we can come together and it's, all we have to do is just open our mouth with thank you Jesus and the power of God will fall in this place. It's not falling because we're not right. And all of your little pettiness and differences, leave it at the altar and, and, and make an altar at home so you can leave it there before you arrive. Because on the day that we set aside and a time that we set aside to pray, to press heaven and for the miracles to come down, when then I want you, when you walk through that door, be ready and be prepared. Don't come here to get ready. Be ready. So the gates of hell will tremble at your sight. We're not coming here for personal agendas. We're coming here to stand in the gap for nations, for the world, to see a change. What did we just read out of Chronicles? For the land to be blessed. And for the land to be blessed, you got to get your mind and your heart off of all of your little issues. One day, one day, one morning, forget you and put it where it needs to be. So that we can see miracles happen. We can hear the earth trembling and shaking. Because God is reaching heaven because of our prayers and our humility. Okay, I'm getting back to the message. There are actions and there are certain stands that we need to take in prayer. And that is we need to declare, decree, denounce, and renounce. In the name of Jesus and in the authority of Jesus, which will change your words and change your life. When you change your words, your life will be changed. Okay? Declare means to make known formally or explicitly or to announce. So who are you, de- who, who are you declaring to? You're declaring, first of all, to them demons that's trying to interrupt your godly life. You're declaring to the wicked, evil forces that they are illegally operating. They don't own you. You belong. You are property of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. 
and you have no right bothering me or in this presence. So stop it in the name of Jesus. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. Okay? You're declaring, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I am yours. I will my will, my ways, my thoughts, my everything unto you. Have your way with me. Not my will, but thy will be done in my life today. Amen? Amen. You decree means to command or enjoin by decree to determine or or order judicially. Why? Because God has the highest court there is. And so you can decree things to the high court that take over the lower court. Amen? So you decree a thing in the name of Jesus. And once you decree it, you leave it and you thank God is done in his name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because you've done all these other things to prepare you. So when you go into prayer, you have much authority and power. Amen? Amen. Another um, definition from my concordance for decree is a course of action authorita- authoritatively or determined royal order or decision. You are royalty. If you are a child of God, you are of royalty because you belong to a kingdom that's higher than this earth. Okay? So you are royalty and you have been given authority and power through the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to just know who you are and step up and be that. Okay? Excuse me. Denounce means to pronounce blameworthy or evil. So you're denouncing evilness, evil demons and thoughts. Anything that does not line up with God's morals and his laws, you are denouncing that. So you pronounce that it is not worthy, it's evil, it's wicked. Go in the name of Jesus. To renounce means to give up, refuse, or resign, resign by formal declaration. Refuse or resign by formal declaration. So you're declaring, I no longer will, I no longer can, I no longer like, I no longer go. Stop going to places that you know you don't have no control over. The only time that you've been released to go back to your past, and I'm talking about sinful life, to go back to your past is that you know that you know that you know you've been totally free. And you're going back to be the testimony to pull some of those other souls out. Otherwise, don't go back and visit. You cannot go back to the hell you were living if you are not strong enough and right in God to overpower, overcome that place or position. You cannot hang out with your old posse who are still living what you used to do and think that you're going to stand out among them as somebody born again when you're all doing the same thing. If you're going back, you be going back to to, uh, uh, evangelize them. And once that's done, then get to stepping. Because you have nothing.
nothing in common and how can you even enjoy the atmosphere? How can you even enjoy the place when it's not common any longer to you? You should be so sensitive that it affects you and you can't handle it. And that's when you realize, oh my God, he's fixed me, he's changed me, he's delivered me. But if you are comfortable in it and you're making excuses about it, you ain't fixed. We represent the highest court in the universe and that court has the final say. We have these rights and authority by faith and the power of the blood and the name of Jesus Christ through the cross. Think about what our Heavenly Father did through his son, Jesus the Christ. A perfect being who knew no sin and, and wasn't and couldn't even be sin because it's not and never will be in his DNA. This is why Pilate couldn't find anything wrong in him to convict him and crucify him. But his own covenant people declared, declared his crucifixion. Something we do every time we sin and then make excuses for our sins. Hide in denial of unconfessed sin or confess it without a desire to do so but as an accommodation to get others off your back. You're crucifying Jesus all over again. But Jesus' blood and death on the cross justified us from the punishment of our sins because he paid the debt. When we realize that, it ought to change your mind and your heart about some things. Amen. He descended in hell to take back the authority of earth from Satan that was given over to Satan by Adam in the garden when the, when the two sinned. I mean, due to sin of both Adam and Eve. That's called redemption. What Jesus did is called redemption. When he went to hell to take back the earth authority, that's called redemption. He ascended in a glorified body to heaven. That's our sanctification. And seated at the right hand of God, he is now our intercessor. That gives us the authority to stand against and take authority of the power of darkness, which Jesus has already overcome by his blood, in his blood, by his name, in faith. We can overcome what Jesus has already overcome and take back from us what he had declared and sacrificed for us. We can take back what the enemy is trying to steal or have stolen from you. You don't have to stay like that. You just need to know who you are in Christ. And then cry out to God. God will order and direct your steps in the way of righteousness when you are ready. But if you can't play these Mickey Mouse games, you're either for him or you're against him. There's no middle of the road. Amen. Amen. So you need to make up your mind this day whom you're going to serve. And when you make up your mind whom you're going to serve, you can take yourself from the enemy. You can declare, decree, denounce, renounce those people in your life that has reaped havoc in your life that has caused you to go in whatever direction, they no longer, as a believer now, have power over you. Yeah. If they do, you've given it to them. Yeah. 
And you have allowed that to happen because all you want to do is sit up and commiserate what has happened and be mad and upset about it. What you need to do is be mad that he is still running that dumb stuff through your mind. You need to declare what has happened to you now so you can go back and pull them same folks out of hell and into heaven with you. Stop I'm talking about what they done, what they're doing, how they did this, how they do that. Let me tell you, what you need to do is rejoice because it allowed you an opportunity to get saved. Now you got a testimony. So if you're going to tell the story, you know they did, but not like, well, I, I can't cause, oh, and I get tired, uh, uh, shut up and speak what God has said about you. You are the of the Lord. You are the beloved of the Lord. You've been lifted high. And you've been given weapons. The name, the blood, the word to overcome everything that wants to try to overtake you. You can live in the past if you want to, but as long as you're living in the past, you miss the present and there is no future. Your future is just what you see right this moment. Because you can't go no further with your thought. Without a vision, the people perish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. And when you leave today, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.